0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. If you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor Jeff. I have the privilege to be the Family Life Pastor here at Bridge. And uh, we welcome you here today. Um, maybe you've been going to come here for a long time, but maybe it is your first time, our guest. We just thank you for coming. And we're getting ready for our Christmas season and excited what God's going to do. God's moving in our church. He's moving in our lives. We've heard testimonies this morning of the power of prayer. And... Uh, Prayer works. Amen. Prayer works. God has given that to us to believe and have faith. And um, this morning, today, we're going to finish up our open-handed series um, on on living a life of generosity. Um, A few weeks ago, uh, I started out uh, preaching on um, It All Belongs to God. I don't know if you remember, if you were here with us, I talked about how uh, the story of my car, all right, and how God was able to bless me with a car, but I had to give it back to God, what I so earned. But God, God provided in so many different ways. And then week two, uh, we learned about managing well and being good stewards uh, with our time, talent, and treasures that God has given us. And um, week three, last week, we talked about tithing and the importance of tithing and giving to God that tenth and, and giving to Him what, what belongs to Him. And this week, we'll be talking about now going out and, and living a life of generosity, taking everything that we've learned and now we're going to apply it and so say, you know what, now what, now what do we do? And how do we live that out? So, living generously will be uh, when well, I'm speaking on this morning. Uh, this is where the rubber meets the road, right? You know, we say you could talk the talk, but can you walk the, oh, come on, walk the, yeah, you know, we got to wake up here this morning, don't we? So, um, it's warm outside, too. Praise God, right? I love I love ice not being on my windows when I come in the morning. Anyway, that's a side note. We could praise God for a lot of things in our lives, even the small things that make a big difference. Uh, but we're going to apply those things and, and what God has taught us this morning. And I hope you, like I said, enjoyed all, this whole series and, and what God has done. And, and I want to share, actually, some more stories with you, so get ready to hear how God has taken me do, through different things and through, through giving and generosity. And hope it's an encouragement to you that as well as it will build your faith. Uh, my challenge for you today is that you will begin to go to a whole nother level in your generosity and realize that God is faithful. And God wants to use you in a powerful way to be generous, just like he was generous towards us. You know, I want to begin with an illustration. A while back... Um, Well, first of all, let me say this: Have any of you got something in your eye before, and you couldn't get it out? It's like one of like an eyelash or something. It's like very annoying, right? So, like, like three people here that's ever had something in their eye. (laughs) Well, just wait, because when you do get something in your eye, it's a pain. It, It just like takes your whole attention. You feel like like. Yeah, it's, it's not fun if you get an eyelash or whatever, dirt, or you get uh, sand. I don't know if you've ever been like that. Um, but a while back, I was no- noticing that something was wrong with my left eye. I thought I had something in it. It's like, what is in my eye? It's just, and flushing my eye out, there's no, with water, and there's no eyelash, nothing came out, and, and soon my eye became sensitive to light, and thinking, oh no, I'm getting pink eye. You know, I was pink eye four. It's an eye infection. And I thought I was getting that, but there was no that, no goop. There's a goop, goopy substance that forms your eye. There's nothing. There was no goop. And I was like, so is it something in my eye? What is going on? And so it's like days go by, and it feels like something's in my eye. And I'm like, when is this going to end? You know, hope some of you guys feel, feel, feel my pain with something in your eye. Um, but I was like, oh, no, I have to go to the doctor, right? I have to figure out what's going on. So I go to the doctor. My eye's red and bloodshot, and, and like I said, there's no, no goop. And she began to look at my eye, and she you know, goes in, and she looks on the surface of my eye, and she goes, you have a virus on your eye. I'm like, what? How does, it get, how does someone get a virus on their eye? Has anyone had a virus on their eye before? Maybe they can relate. No one. Yes. It's, it's kind of rare. So um, I actually found someone who actually had that uh, in my old church, had one too. And so it was a virus on my eye, and they said, well, you're going to have to go on like steroids. And they, they gave me like a, a huge regiment of steroid drops, and I had to do it like seven to ten times a day. And I would, you know, because anything flashing, any light going outside, it was... You know, it, was, it wasn't good. I had actually I had this whole thing I had to heat up and put on my eyes to help circulate the blood and all that stuff. Long story short, um, so this, this, it begins to heal. So I'm like, okay, it's a month went by. It's great. No, nothing in my eye. I can see. I can function. And like all of a sudden, it's I feel something in my eye again. I'm like, what is going on? couple days later, everything's starting to come back again. Everything's starting to come back again. And so I go back to the doctor and they say, so what's going on? i like, you still have a virus. We didn't get all of it. <sighs> I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So they had to give me even a stronger dose of steroids. And I, I did it more than a month later. It was completely gone. Praise the Lord. But ever since then, my eye has been kind of sensitive. It hasn't been kind of the same. And, um, but, but when something's wrong with your eye, it's, it's, not, it's not a good thing because we use our eyes all the time. And Jesus actually talked about the eyes, all right? He healed some eyes, but also he talked about another type of eye, which we're going to get into today, uh, a good, a healthy eye and a bad eye and what that relates, how it relates to generosity. And so we're going to begin in this morning talking about that. In Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bible, as you can turn with me, Matthew, starting from verse 22. And Jesus talks about an eye. Not a physical eye, but a spiritual, generous eye. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, it says this. It says, Jesus is saying this. He says, the, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad... Your whole body will full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So I want to break this down for you this morning and kind of really help you understand what this what he's trying to talk about, what Jesus is trying to portray in this message. Now this is the whole uh, he's given this passage. He's called the Sermon on the Mount. We've gone in and out of Matthew chapter six during this whole series, and so we're going to dive in this little kind of portion right here this morning and really uh, begin to understand. So, the eye is a lamp with a body, all right? Even though the eye doesn't produce light, right? Like a lamp with a flame, it doesn't, it does the same thing by causing the body to be, be surrounded by light. So, the body, so your body, like, you know, you won't go and step off a cliff, or if you see a nail, you're going to step on a nail, all right? Um, so, if your eye's healthy, your whole body will be full of light, you know, so your arms know where to go, right? Your legs know where to go. Your whole body, fit, body benefits from the lamp that's in, in the head, all right? that This lamp, okay? It shines, all right? So if your eye's bad, on the, on the contrary, if your eye's bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. You'll fall off a cliff. You'll run into a wall. You will do things to hurt yourself. Hopefully, you're following with me today, all right? All um, right? So it says, if, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So if this little eye goes bad, or, all right, then everything goes bad for the whole body. Well, that's it's really obvious information I'm, I'm trying to give you this morning, but, but, but about how the eye and the body relate to each other. But is it what really Jesus is trying to say? And I want to, he, he's got, there's more to it. We're going to have to look at it in context. And it's very important when we, we study Scripture that we don't pull out Scripture out of context and interpret it the way we want it to be interpretive. But we go into the passage, we go in and see what, how in context what Jesus is trying to say. And so the verses before uh, that verse, Matthew 6, and 23, is 19 verse 21. So we're going to look at the verses before. And then we're going to look at the verses after, all right? And we're going to, in sandwich in between all this, is Jesus talking about the eyes, lamp of the body. So when you look at the before and look at the after, it's going to make sense what he's trying to talk about in context in there. So let's go move to Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 21. So it says this Do not lay up for yourselves treasures. Everyone say treasures? Treasures. On earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures. Say treasures. In, he- in heaven, treasures in heaven, where moth and rust destroys, and where thieves are not breaking steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, follow with me. Just so, just before our text tell this text is dealing with our treasure. Right? Either you love the earth, and that's where your heart is, or you love heaven, and you love God, and that's where your heart is. So you've got, you got treasures on earth. you got treasures in heaven. And then it te- he tells us here where your treasure is or your heart will be also. Okay? Keep following with me. So let's go to the verse after in context, after the passage of the lamp of the body. Um, in verse 24, it says, he says this. Jesus is talking once again. He says, No one can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and God. And money. God and money. So we see Jesus talking about a money issue, right? A treasure before with treasures in heaven and on earth. And we have a money issue after. And he's saying you cannot serve both God and money. And right in the middle we have Jesus talking about a healthy and a bad eye. So keep following with me. So if I would interpret this, this, this passage in context, those with a healthy eye... See heaven as more valuable and lay up treasures there. And those with a bad eye would see earth as more valuable and lay up treasures on earth. The healthy eye would value money, uh, sorry, the healthy eye would value God over money. And the bad eye would value money over God. So we're looking at it in context here. To even further get more background for this, if we go back to what the Jewish people used, the Hebrew idiom that the Jewish people would have used for having a good eye would be ayon uh, which means you're optimistic and positive and full of light. Having a bad eye would be ayon that means like you're pessimistic and see through the lens that life is bad and that, that things are bad. And these idioms can be used in a variety of ways. But in this context, Jesus is saying those with a good eye, ayin hatava, means that you have a good perspective of God. And you see him as the source of every good and perfect gift. That God is the owner of everything. And we are only stewards of it. We have, in a sense, eternal mindset. Storing up treasures in heaven. All right, thinking about eternity. And see the goodness of God. And we know that he is generous. And we have a good eye. We mimic him. And we are generous like he is. How, if, however, we have a bad eye, an eye on hurrah, you don't see God as the source of blessing. You don't think God is the source of all that you have. You think that you, you are the source of all that you have. And you don't have that eternal mindset. You're, you're, you're storing up treasures for yourself on earth. Right? And not in heaven. And if so, you're, and, and so, if your life really reflects darkness, instead, it really reflects darkness, instead, of the light of the Lord. It's when you have an eye in hurrah. So, to sum it up, in your perspective of God, if you have a good eye towards God, you will recognize that everything comes from Him and you want to be as generous as He is. If you don't, you won't. You'll be stingy, you'll be selfish, you'll be covetous. You see, we need to see God as generous and be generous too. So you're saying, Pastor Jeff, how do we do that? So that's what I'm going to talk about today. So how do we have a a healthy eye and be the vessels of generosity that that God has called us to be and live generously? All right, I'm going to give you three principles you can follow. Number one, prioritize God's kingdom. Number two, give unto the Lord. And number three, trust God and have faith. So we're going to start with the first one. Number one, prioritize God's kingdom. Later in Matthew chapter 6, that same chapter, um, Jesus tells us that we should not worry and we should seek first the kingdom of God. Let's go there. Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33. It says this, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need need them all. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So, but what's it saying? That's actually my favorite scripture verse, by the way, Matthew 6, 33. God promises us to take care of us when we seek God first and put him in the proper place in our lives. See, it's hard to be, you know, maybe you've, Maybe you've thought before, you know, it is hard sometimes to be generous when you're always in a place of lack, right? It's hard. It's hard to be generous when we're in a place of lack. But when we prioritize His kingdom first and put God first, God promises to bless us. He says, All these things shall be added unto you, right? So, our, our, our step of faith, what we need to do is prioritize Him and His kingdom first in our lives. God comes first and He provides, God pr- comes first. And he gives us everything added unto you, the things that we need. Pastor Paul, in week two of our series, talked about the three T's. If you can remember, we need to manage well. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. If we don't seek his kingdom first and we have that uh, eternal mindset, then, then, then we should have, all right, we don't have, the thing that we should have, we'll have that bad eye. And God will get only some of our time. He'll only get some of our talents, and, and some of our abilities, right? We, we, we only give them some because we put others in different areas. You know, we do, we do use our talents and abilities for our own gain, not for God's kingdom. And uh, sometimes we, also with our treasure, we, we don't give back to the Lord. We use it for our selfish gain. And so what, we're, what I'm trying to tell you is that, you know, when we prioritize God and put him first, God will take care of us. God will bless So uh, listen, I know at times our priorities can go out of whack, and living generously can be an afterthought, but it's very important that we get back on track. Very important, because God's blessings flow when we are generous and put Him first. God's blessings flow. I'm going to tell you a story. I remember a time in my life, and God taught me this, um, when I lived as a missionary and had to raise monthly support as income. I I knew I was supposed to put God first, all right? I've been doing it, but when times get tough, sometimes he slips down, all right? And sometimes your bills and the things that you think that, man, I, that, that has to come first, you know? God, then you can, you, you can you'll, in a sense, you don't want to, but God starts to become last or down the chain of your priority. And uh, what I would do is, uh, you know, I decided to take matters into my own hands, um, because what I did was 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 when you're living as a missionary, you raise support and people give to help you have a living, right? It's that's how why we give to missions here today to support the the mission that they're on, to support their way of their income and and, and what they're doing for the Lord. And uh, but you know I, what happened was I didn't have enough money to do everything, and I didn't trust the Lord like I did. And so what I would do is I knew how to give God my tithe, my ten percent. I would kind of like, okay, I'm paying my bill, I'm paying my bill. And then I would get up a sheet or a computer paper, on computer, and then I would backlog everything. I owe you for God. So I would say, okay, God, I owe you tithe from this week, from this week, from this week, this week. And they would just all tally up. all right. And then when I would get enough money and everything's paid off, I would say, okay, God, you get this. I, I can pay it. I can owe, I give what I owe you. That, I, that, that is yours, which is the tithe, and I would give it to the Lord. And this became a pattern. God began to become last in my life instead of first. And God wasn't happy with me. I didn't know that, but he, was, he had more for me in my life and was going to use me. He wanted to build my trust in him. And so I remember my washer and my dryer, I don't forget which one, it actually went kaputs. And when, you, when you're struggling with finances and something unexpected happens, it's like, oh my God, the world comes crashing around, around you. And so we went out and we, we, we did replace the washer or the dryer, and that took more income, right? And so this pattern continued. So fast forward like a month later, um, I received a, a support check in the mail for $800. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. God, you're providing, this is great. And I was like, I wish I had this a month ago. It had been so much easier if I had this a month ago. So I call up, she, uh, this lady was a coworker of of mine before, and strong woman of God. And I asked her, and I said, hey, I called her up and say, thank you so much for this gift. It really means a lot, it really helps us moving forward. And she, she goes, I just want to tell you something. She's like, I had that, I was going to give that to you a month ago, but God told me not to. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, I I had it written out, and every time I was going to give it, you know, he told me, not yet. She had it on her counter, and she would just go back. She would look at it, and she was like, I'm I'm just going to give it. She's like, no, don't give it to him yet. Don't give it to him yet. Don't give it to him yet. And she was just, she she knew the Lord. She knew his voice. And again, she just didn't wonder why, but she was being obedient. And um, I asked her, I was like, you know, so the day I paid All that I owed to God is a day that God told her to give it to me, and so, like she said, okay. I was like, that's amazing. It's amazing that she she listened to God and did that, but it's it's crazy how God was ready to to give to me what to supply my need, but I was not obedient to him and putting him first. And as soon as I let go of what's in my hand and give it to God, God was gonna let go of his blessing. See, when we give, it's all about God blessing us. It's for our provision. You know, when we seek him first, that that scripture says what? And all these things shall be added unto you. I learned a really lesson that day that I need to put God first and I need to trust him more with my tithe. I need to give him more because when I put him first, he's gonna take care of me. It, that, that prevented me from being uh, disobedient and not putting him first, but it's preventing my blessing. It's preventing my blessing. And I just wanna encourage you that if you struggle with that, to start putting God first in the area of your ties and your giving and being ge- generous because he has so much more that he wants to give you. He really does. And God, and God, it's just been an amazing journey as, as I began to change my ways and I began to put him first in those areas. And I've seen God each time bless me even more. I have learned to put God first. And I don't get it right every time, but, but now I do. What makes it easy for me is what we have at our church is automatic withdrawal. And, and I try to pay my tithes sooner than later. But the, the principle is that we need to put God first. Uh, the system I used before, it, it didn't work. God was not happy with that. But when I put God first and have that kingdom first mindset, all my needs and God was gonna take care of me in ministry. And so the second point to have a healthy eye and live generously would be give unto the Lord, not to man, give unto the Lord. So whether, 1 Corinthians ten thirty one says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all the glory of God. When we, so when we give, we give unto the Lord, right? We don't give unto to man. It's, it's out of our love for him. It's, giving is an act of worship. I want to teach you some important things and correct some things that are maybe distorting your, your spiritual eye this morning. It's, I'm going to give you some three don'ts. Three don'ts. This will help you. The first don't is we don't, we don't give to get. We don't give to get. The motive of our heart should be generous and not selfish, it's that like I said it's like an act of worship unto God. God doesn't owe you anything when you give. We should not expect anything in return, but but out of the beauty of it, all right? God is so generous that he does bless. It may not be financial, but might be opportunities and open doors or relationships where God has will take care of you along the way. So we don't have that motive of our heart to say, you know what? I'm going to give, I'm going to get. But we're going to give selflessly out of God. We're going to give out of worship. The second don't is we don't give to a church, we give through a church. When we give, we give unto the Lord, and the church is only a vehicle God uses to reach people. He reaches and ministers to people locally, those that come through those doors, and those outside of, those, of these doors, through missions and through outreach. Listen, ministry takes listen, uh, people serving, but it also takes money. Money can limit or expand what we can do as a church. See, the government doesn't give us money. We are a nonprofit. You know, from our utilities, it's warm in here today, we thank God. You know, to every child and teen that is hearing the gospel on a weekly basis, it takes money to do ministry. It takes money to pay staff. Uh, It's a good thing, all right, that we provide for our staff and, 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 and help them you know, and uh, with their life. When you give unto the Lord through a church, God uses it for his purposes and his mission and provides for the people who is called to accomplish that purpose. He provides. We don't, it's a vehicle. That the church is a vehicle. We don't give uh, to a church. We give through a church. We give unto the Lord. Amen. Number three, we don't worry about the outcomes. We don't worry about the outcomes when the Lord has spoken to us about being generous, we should not worry about the outcome of the recipient. Many times we want to know, right, like when we give what it goes to, that it won't be a waste, if, you know, if it won't be used for something that's destructive or something that's sinful. We want to be responsible, right? At times we see people, maybe like you or me, we see people on the side of the road with a cardboard sign and they're going through a rough time and they're asking for help or, or for money. You know, my question is, are we obligated to be generous to them? My answer would be, only if the Lord tells you to. See, when we walk by the Spirit, we're led by the Spirit, right? Where He's leading us. Yes, we should use wisdom and discernment, but the key is obedience to the Lord. We should be responsible to God first in our obedience to Him. So we should pray about it. We should ask God, what should I do in this situation? If you know the Lord's speaking to you to give, then be obedient. Have a healthy eye and and give knowing it's God's money and you're his vessel he's using to be a blessing. And he has a purpose for that, right? We may not understand it. He just wants to display his goodness and mercy to that person. And he wants to use you to do that. God is merciful. And what is mercy? Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Listen, God still blesses us and provides for us even though we make unwise choices with our money. He's merciful, it's a process at times. And he is patient, God, and kind. And he's merciful, not only with us, but with others. So if he's asking you to give, I encourage you to give. In these situations, pray and ask if, if there's something that, you, that he's tra- is asking you to do. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, be obedient and give. Leave the outcome and the results to the Lord. We need to trust God. If you're unsure and it's not clear... Then you are not obligated to give. Well, you say, what if I missed it? What if, what if I missed the opportunity? Well, there's always God's grace. All right? Look for the next opportunity to be generous and hear God's voice. God, if you want to be used to be generous, God's going to use you. Isaiah 55:8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than, higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. And this leads to my final point to have a healthy eye and live generously would be to trust God and have faith. Trust God and have faith. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. First Thessalonians five twenty four says, The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. The challenge for us is, do we believe God and his word? Do we believe that God is what he says he is and he will do what he says he's going to do? Do you believe Jesus when he says in Luke chapter six thirty eight, he says, he says, Give, it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Generosity is not only blessing others, but releasing God's blessing into our lives. In our journey with the Lord, God wants us to grow in our faith. God wants us to grow in our trust in him. You see, God is the ultimate manager, right, of his money. And he's looking for vessels that have a good eye, a kingdom mindset that he can use to flow his money in and out of to accomplish his purpose. You know, God taught me something and transformed my way of thinking and expanded my view of how big and faithful God is. My thinking was maybe like you here today, I can only give for what I have. If, I only could get, if it's not in my bucket, then how can I give anything out of my bucket? How can I be generous? You know, yes, uh, there are instances in the Bible that show people trusting and giving the little that they had and miracles took place. And sometimes we have to have a mind shift, a kingdom mindset and a kingdom mentality to so say, you know what, God is a supernatural God. And he can do supernatural things. He can make a way when there seems to be no way. Let's look at a few stories, examples in in the scriptures here. Uh, We have the, the widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 17. You can go back and read that story. But Elijah came to her and she obeyed Elijah when it didn't make sense. Elijah approached her and he told her to make some bread of the little she had before she did for herself and her son. And God supernaturally extended her food supply and her oil, and the flour did not run out. Did not run out. We have a story in the New Testament, the feeding of the 5,000 in John 6. Here the little boy brought five loaves of bread and two fish, and Jesus multiplied it, right? To feed 5,000, and even had leftovers. And then this one I always think is amazing, is the coin in the fish's mouth, Matthew 17. Jesus asked Peter to catch a fish and inside there would be a coin to pay the temple tax with. Listen, I've never found a coin in any fish that I caught, but Peter did. Peter did, supernaturally. Many times in life, I would be presented with a faith promise and, it did, and I didn't quite understand what that was and really wouldn't do it. What is a faith promise? For those of you that may not know what that is, a faith promise is a faith commitment between you in the Lord, above your tithe, to support missions and the spread of the gospel, trusting in faith that God will provide the funds that we might currently not see and promising to give that back to him as he provides. Well, let me take you back 13 years ago and I'll close with this story. Uh, it was my birthday and I was turning 30 years old and I was actually getting ordained as a minister of the Sons of God that day. And um, I was in the Pendel District some is a God. We are in the ordination service, and each each, each year they highlight a missions uh, focus to support missions around the world. And uh, they ask ministers there, those who are there, and their families to make a faith promise to support uh, the highlighted missionary or the mission field. And that year it was India. You know, I've been part of many of these services before, uh, as we go to uh, down and participate in those. Um, And I usually take that faith promise card, and I see the missions above, and I was like, that's not for me. I don't have enough money to give. Like, I'm just paying my tithe, and I'm I'm settling for that. Um, And I would take that promise card, and I would put it to the side. But this year was different. God got my attention. Uh, When I took that in my hand, uh, about to toss it away, God spoke to my heart, and he asked me to give. And uh, reluctantly, I said, okay. I'll give, okay? I mean, God's, you've heard my journey with giving to the Lord. Um, it's like, I'll just give like $10. That's fine, $10. So I started to fill out the card and I put them out. It was just a one time gift. I was just $10. I was, com- was going to put that on the line to commit to give, give that. Um, and God spoke to me and uh, I put the $10, and God spoke to me and says, I want you to put another zero right there. Okay, hundred dollars. It's a stretch, but I could do it. I'd give a hundred dollars, and he, he was looking in my heart and seeing what kind of eye I really had. I had a good, a healthy eye or a bad eye, and um, he wanted me to have a, a more of a healthy eye. Um, he said, "I want you to add another zero. A thousand dollars." $1,000. Now I'm starting to wrestle with God. Okay, like this is like, okay, God, I've been here before with my car. $1,000. dollars i done that. Okay, I can do that. But that, as a lot right now, we are not doing well. I'm on a youth pastor salary. $1,000. That's okay, you know. And he said, and then he spoke to me one last time. He goes, add, you need to add another zero. $10,000? I was like, you're crazy. It's like a fourth of my salary. It's like, you're crazy. I don't even have that. I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And I was about to get ordained later that night. And I knew it was the Lord, but I was like, how? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. Where's that going to come from? So I'm, I was like, are you sure? I was like, I'm just wrestling with God. I, I put the, the little mount on the, I, I wrote it down there and it was and I was just saying okay God. It's like okay, if you give it to me, I'll give it. So I made like a deal with God. Kind of put him to the test. We're talking about with your money. It's like if you give it, I'll, if you give it to me, I'll give it. But I was doubting the whole time like, yeah. I, I don't I don't see that. So, I dropped it in the card. I was kind of a little excited to see what God would do, but also in doubt like with my human flesh, like I don't know how that's going to happen. So I get ordained that night, and uh, we fast forward through the summer. All right, this was happening around May. Through the summer, you know, there was no extra money. There was nothing that came in. Through the fall and the winter, there was no extra money. We were just, you know, living like you said, paycheck to paycheck in a sense, and. You know, there was no extra income like $10,000 coming in to do any of that. So I'm thinking, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I don't know what God was doing. So um, spring comes, and I'm doing my taxes. And usually I do my own taxes. And so I'm working it out and got to the line. And I don't know if I use TurboTax or whatever. And um, at, that, at that moment, I began to do my taxes and I saw that I had a refund. That was a weird amount. It was like I don't know, eighteen thousand or sixteen thousand dollars. And like, there's something wrong here. Like, I never, I get maybe a, a thousand or two, one or two thousand dollars. And I look at that and like, there's something wrong. So I go back and try to figure out everything out. I'm like, everything's coming up like it's like I have eighteen thousand dollars. And I began to research and I realized I realized that the tax code. Change with adoption credits. We adopted our, our two boys um, in the prior years, and I was never able to, in a sense, um, use that because it would always dedu- be a deduction to your tax liability to zero. And I had too many other deductions, which it just continued to carry over each year. And so when I carried it over to this year, this year it became an actual credit, like an earned income credit or a child tax credit. You could receive the full amount of money. And so I was like, oh my goodness, we have like $18,000. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, there it is. There's your 10000 right there. All right. And now are you going to give it to me? Now are you are going to give it to me? And that, that was the bittersweet part. I had all this money. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I'm thinking, man, we could do this. We could do that. We can get a car. We can do this. We can do that. And I, and I had a faith promise to God. And I see if I was going to honor my promise to him, back to him, because he was faithful to what he was going to do. Now, was I going to be faithful and be generous and have a a good eye and trust the Lord? My point is to have, trust God and have faith. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to get it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to honor my word I don't know how I'm going to do this. So we went, it was like in April or something. So the next, next time we we're just trying to think about how to do this, uh, we go back to the, the ordination service for the next following year when they highlight the missionary. I'm like, maybe I can give it there, or figure out how to do it. And they actually had the missionaries from the country, from India from the previous year. They were in-house and they were waiting to get back on the mission field. They had to earn a certain amount of money to Quickly to get back on there, so they came and tried to, to to plead and not plead, but to you know ask the people to give donations to help them. And they were and they highlighted their ministry was against human trafficking in India. So they were building a huge ministry to fight against human trafficking to save you know kids from that. Um, and so I was like, man, this is awesome. And so I wouldn't want to give to this. And so what we did is like you know, we talked to my wife. It's like we're just going to write a check out personally, and hand it right to them and say, hey, here, get back on the mission field. And that's what we did. We wrote a $10,000 check. We handed it to them. And it was just an awesome moment to see God working. And through that gift, he, they were able to go back. They had to get some other donations. But they went back, and they started this ministry. And it was, it's been amazing for how many years they've rescued so many kids and, and so forth. But God had a huge plan. He had a huge plan. He was testing my heart to see, you know, if, if he could He can give that to me, and I had to believe that, you know what, that supernaturally, that he he had it all lined up. God's the ultimate manager. He's just looking for people who are available, who are the vessels that he can say, you know what, I need to take some over here, if you're willing to give that to me, and take some over here, and then I'm going to start this ministry, I'm going to reach people with the gospel and transform lives, so that, that, that ministry needs to be funded, and so he's looking for people. Say, who's going to be a part of what I'm doing? Who's going to join me in what I'm doing? If you don't have it, are you going to believe for it? He may tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, I want to give to missions. He may tap you on the shoulder today and say, hey, I want you to start giving to this local storehouse, which is this church This is going to be your tithe. Your tithe goes to the local storehouse to do ministry here in Lansdale, here in this church. He may tap you and say, you know what, you can go above and beyond that and give me an offering Whatever the Lord puts on your heart to do, He's working and He's moving. And if I look at the, the huge, the big bigger picture, as I close this morning, the worship team can come up. You know, God is bigger than we can possibly imagine. He's unlimitless. And he is faithful. Trust in his faithfulness. All of God's promises are yes and amen. But I, I look even at further, If we, sometimes you have to look above your circumstances and see what God's doing. You know, if we didn't, God didn't lay on our heart to adopt our kids, we would never got the adoption subsidy. And we would, when he, then ministry and I get, get ordained and continue to be obedient and walk the, this journey with him, you know, then we wouldn't be able to, to believe and give to the human trafficking effort in India. So God had this huge thing that He knew before that I even knew about it, and he, he's, ten ste- he's ten steps ahead of us of what He wants to do. That's why we need to have faith and trust in Him, and believe that when we let go of what's our hand, God's going to let go of what is His, and He has a plan and He has a purpose. So I close this morning. I want to encourage you to reflect this morning to see what kind of eye that you have. Do you have a, a healthy eye? Or maybe it's not doing too well. I want to encourage you to take that, that next step of faith to become a vessel that God can flow his generosity through. The, the world needs people, God needs willing vessels to be used. Psalm 34 8 says this is taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. The Lord is good. The world needs to see that God is so good. But we can't do that if we have a bad eye. We're stingy. We have an earthly mindset. And you allow God to change your eye this morning, change your mindset so you can be generous and full of light. God has taught me so much about generosity and giving on my journey with him. Allow the Lord to teach you this morning. Stretch your faith and see what God can do in you and through you. If you could stand this, this morning as we close. And I just want you to reflect on your hearts today on where you're at. Do you trust God with everything that you are? Do you trust God with your, your finances? Do you trust God with your time, talent, and treasure? Do you have that healthy eye? Are you generous like your Heavenly Father? Maybe you're not. Maybe you struggle. I did. You can see my journey. I've been pretty transparent that I've struggled. But God has been patient. He's been merciful. He's been kind. As we walk with Him, He's going to make you more like Jesus. He's going to help you to be generous like He is. He wants to reach this world that's lost and hurting he's looking for people that's available to say, yes, Lord, send me. Just like Isaiah. He said, here, my Lord, send me. Use what's in my bank account. Use my strength and the talents that you've given me. Lord, may my heart be pure and open to do whatever you want to do. I'm open-handed. I'm open-handed as we close. And my challenge is to live generously. Live open-handed. Mimic your heavenly Father, just as he has given us Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? His one and only son. that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave it all. Jesus came over 2,000 years ago. He humbled himself to make himself Appearance of a man, right? The Bible says He became a servant and he served us. He served this world and he died for you and for me. And he wants to give our all, all the least that we could do is give our lives back to him and be used of him to advance his kingdom. Let's pray Jesus we thank you. that you made us, that you created us. We thank you for all the generosity that you've given us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that we're empowered to walk with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray we'd have a good eye, a healthy eye to see, to be generous, to be optimistic. That our whole body would be full of light, the light of the Lord. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling. Struggling with their eye. God, it may be dark and stingy. and I pray that, Lord, they would give that over to you today. That, Jesus, you would transform their eye into a healthy eye. That you make that eye better. That you'd help them to be generous. Help them, Lord, with the power of your spirit. To see this world like you see it. God, to see through your eyes the opportunity to make a difference for you. To have a kingdom mindset, an eternity mindset, that good eye, to see eternity in mind, to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth. To value God over money. Let your kingdom come, your will be done earth as in heaven just like Matthew 6.33 says when you said on the Sermon of the Mount but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you Lord maybe we do that maybe kingdom first people that we would think eternity in mind and we live for you we thank you Jesus for everything that you've done in us and through us Help us to trust you and have faith. Help us to prioritize God's kingdom. Help us to give unto you and not unto man and not worry about the results. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. We're gonna sing this last song, Firm Foundation. And uh, our prayer team can come at this time as well while this is played. And if you need prayer, you can come and ask for a prayer. Maybe you need help with this. We want to believe with you and pray with you through this. But let us sing that, sing this right now, and um, I'll, I'll close in prayer. I think we have time.